Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to another issue of Comic Book Tales. And today I want to touch on a subject that we probably just gloss over most of the time, but I think it's something we need to think about a little bit further. Um, and this, this all came about because I was reading a book called The League of Regrettable Superheroes, Half-Baked Heroes from Comic Book History by John Morris. And I'll put the link in the show notes for that. But it's, uh, it's an interesting look back at heroes of a sort from the history of comic books from the 30s on up. And I can f- probably say you've heard of none of them <laughs> uh, or very few of them if you've heard of any of them. So what do, what do I mean by a superhero? And that's, that's where this got me thinking. What makes somebody a superhero in, in a comic book world? What makes them a superhero? Is it their ability to perform superhuman acts? Is it their ability to fight crime? Is it they have some special power that makes them a superhero? What is it that makes some successful and some not? And obviously timing has something to do with that. You couldn't introduce certain characters in the 30s that may have done better. You know, Deadpool probably not would have worked in the 30s. Or um, Doctor Strange probably not would have worked in the 30s. But some of the things from the 30s wouldn't have, if introduced today, would not have worked here. Doll Man would not work today. It would just make no sense. So timing is part of it. I don't mean to to discredit that. But it's got to be deeper than that. There's got to be something more to why this occurs and what causes it to be, you know, successful. You know, Superman came out and he was successful. Batman came out. He was successful in the 30s. We got into some other thing, characters, the Flash, the Green Arrow, Green Lantern, um, the DC characters, Wonder Woman in the 40s. Um, Wonder Woman was not the first female heroine, but she's probably the most famous first female heroine. Uh, the 60s into the Marvel Universe. What made those characters compelling? And each one was different. They were each compelling for a different reason. Superman, because he was an alien. He was different. He was unique. He had a power set that was not like everyone else. Batman, he was dark. He was brooding. He was a human who fought crime and scared. More of the horror genre, if you think about that, which became much more popular in the 50s. But in the 30s, he was the horror genre of the 30s to an extent. To an extent. But it was called Detective Comics. That's where Batman was introduced. He was a detective. Now, we don't think about that as much anymore. And even in the 60s with the Adam West Batman Live TV show, there was a nod to the detective part of things. But today, we don't think of Batman as a detective. It just this doesn't... I mean, DC was named after Detective Comics. Detective DC. So it wasn't... It was there in the beginning, but it wasn't really it, – it, it's lost something. It's, it, it's gone on. I mean, in the other days, Batman carried a gun. Can't even imagine him carrying a gun today, can you? He carried a gun. Those things occurred, but they, 
They endeared him to the time in which he was born, in the era in which he was born. So I got to thinking, is it the costume sometimes? Is the costume off-putting? You know, if, if somebody's wearing a – there's the Mad Hatter, who was one of these characters in this in this book, um, wearing a purple tight or purple tights with white trunks, as we talked about a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, white trunks that had fur around them, and he had a symbol of a hat on his chest with a cape. And you think, is does he throw hats? Does he use hats? No, he never wore a hat. He didn't make hats. He, it, it, it was just a dumb name. Was he connected to Lewis Carroll and the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland? We don't know. It's stuff like that. It, it was some of these regrettable superheroes really were trying to catch lightning in a bottle. They were trying to duplicate the success of uh, Batman and Superman or Wonder Woman in some cases because of the heroine's art. They were not. They were not able to do that because they didn't flesh out their characters. It didn't appeal. Um, as a society, we like things that are first. We like the first thing. We remember the first thing. We re- remember the second thing a little bit less and the third thing even less than that and so on. So if you're the second, maybe Captain Marvel, maybe you could make a living out of it. You're the third, probably not probably going to be more and more difficult. So we like innovation. We don't like duplication. Now, if you can make something better, use Apple computers as an example. They aren't better computers. They aren't better in any way, shape, or form, except they're easier to use. And they appeal to people who of a certain ilk who like things the certain way. And they appeal to that. There's clean lines, the, the continuity, the one company makes it. That appeals to certain people. Other people say, I just want the cheapest thing. And in the superhero world, that's the same appeal. Some people like a certain thing. I prefer Marvel Comics over DC Comics. Not because I can't read both. Not because they're not both enjoyable in their own way. I just enjoy because I'm invested in the Marvel Universe. I'm not invested completely in the DC Universe. So these heroes came along at a time when they were trying to be a repeat of what was already out there. They weren't innovative or at least not in a positive way. Um, all dealt with something odd about them. I am contend that some of it is how they were drawn. That if they had been drawn in a better way, a more appealing way, that the artwork could have saved some of these characters. Not all of them. Most of them, probably not even close. But some of them could have been saved had they been drawn differently. Um, and I think that has to be something you think about when you're when you're when you're putting together a new character like B-Man really B-Man but we have Ant-Man so why why not B-Man you know it, it's it's really how do they fit into what you're trying to tell do they have compelling stories and that's the other component if the artwork is compelling you're going to want to look at it if you're going to want to look at it you're going to you're going to page through it multiple times and you're going to share it and you're going to talk to other people. Hey, look at this artwork. If it's generic, bland artwork that looks like it's a mush of colors out there, then guess what? Nobody's going to care. Um, and that brings up another point. The reason why some of these characters' costumes, at least in the early days, were so distinct and different 
was so that they could, so the artist could show motion and show um, distinct differences between parts of their body. Um, trunks being a delineation between the upper body and the lower body. Um, Flesh-colored hands on the long on the long sleeve to differentiate the arm. Boots that look different or different colors, so they would differentiate the leg, the lower leg, and the cape to show movement. We've talked a little bit about that before. All that compiled together. When you're trying to churn out hundreds of these at a time, then you you get down to the basest um, artwork and you lose something. People, yeah, you might sell them for a nickel or sell them for a dime, and people and they, they cost you two cents to produce. But eventually, people get tired of a blob of color on the page that doesn't have any distinct form that they can't track. That loses somebody. So that makes any hero less presentable. You have to up your game every time you you put this hero out there. The storyline has to be compelling. There has to be a reason. You can't just make conflict for the sake of conflict. Yes, I'm conflicted, but does anybody care why I'm conflicted? Because that's a good part of drama. Conflict. Conflict and resolution of that conflict. And a lot of these regrettable superheroes or superheroes that may be out today that you're going, they just never really caught on. Like Deathlock. Kind of a hero, kind of not a hero. Brought back a little bit in the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but not really. Um, Try to bring him into the you know, the seventies and the eighties, this didn't really work. Nobody nobody really cared about Deathlock. He existed, but he wasn't, wasn't really something anybody really wanted to read more adventures about. He didn't want his own book because he didn't care. He was a bit character came in and shot people and left. That's what people cared about. So to make a superhero, you have to have something. And it, it may be some unquantifiable something. It, it's that, ah, it appeals to me right now. You get enough history behind you, you can float for a little bit. You know, the Batman of the 50s and the Superman of the 50s kind of floated a little bit. The stories were just kind of there. People bought them because they'd bought the other ones, and they continued to buy them because they were there. You get into the 70s and the 80s in the DC Universe, it's it's slim pickings for interest. There's just not a lot out there. Hence, The Watchmen came out in the 80s. Because it was something vastly different, and it kind of turned things on their head, uh, kind of turned DC universe on their head a little bit. Um, the '60s for Marvel were a time of new beginnings, but to be fair, by the late '70s they had kind of been stagnant as well. And into the '80s there were some attempts, but the, the artistic quality went down in the '80s. The the storyline certainly went down in the '80s for Marvel. And it was a trying to regroup into the 90s. And to a certain point they did. But it really took into the 2000s before they, they really made a difference and, and kind of turned the corner a little bit. Now, that, it's cyclical. Things happen. Things go back and forth. But, you know, you've got to keep – you can float for a time on your past, but you still have to come up with something new or people stop, start losing interest. So it's tough to be innovative all the time. But I think – and this is my personal opinion, I think when you've planned out events for your universe and planned out events for your characters in advance instead of month to month and go, oh, now we've got to make that work because we talked about it last month instead of I've got a plan. Now, that plan can change. That plan can be deviated from if circumstances dictate that you should, such as sales are bad. We need to reduce the sales a little bit to keep this whole plan going. Or, you know, 
what we thought this was going to be, the letters we've gotten or the response we've gotten is something totally different. Let's run with that because that's what people want to see. You can't always gauge public interest, but when you do, you got to you got to follow it. And that's where a superhero can be successful or fail. So what makes a good super, superhero? The premise at the top, a good superhero has to have, in my opinion, has to have good artwork that's compelling for me to want to turn the page. It has to have a storyline that says, I need to see what happens to this character because I don't know and I need to know. What happens here? What's in this scene? What's going to get me to go to the next page? What's going to get me to go to the next book, the next issue? Why do I want to see more about this character? If they're bland and every day, I don't care. And that's the, that's the key. They, they have to be not us. Most people don't want to read a comic book or learn about a superhero who's just like us. Just enough like us that I can relate, but not us. Not run-of-the-mill. And, and Marvel does a decent job of this, especially with Spider-Man, where he's got problems, but he's got superhero problems along with his real-world problems. We wouldn't want to see his conflicts with his um, family and his girlfriends and his boss if there wasn't the superhero win at the end. We come for the superhero. We'll deal with the minutia of life because it makes him more human. But there's a point where you say if, you, if he never puts on a Spider-Man costume again, you're not going to read that book or any of those Spider-Man comic books because he's not Spider-Man anymore. He's Peter Parker, and that's it. That's all he is. And nobody cares about Peter Parker. They care about Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, whatever, whatever you want to look at. That's what we have to think about. So it's got to be drawn well. It's got to be a compelling story. Where have you heard this before? In movies, the same thing. It's got to be a good good storyline. It's got to have good special effects or practical effects. And it's got to have my interest to want to watch the rest of it. You know, and when you're reading a comic book about a superhero, unfortunately, these regrettable superheroes didn't have anything compelling or not long term compelling. Maybe somebody's willing to put up with them for a while, but, you know, eventually sales flagged because nobody cared enough about these characters to maintain them. And that's sad because there was probably something in there that could have been fleshed out and made better, but it wasn't because somebody either didn't take the time or didn't care enough to do so. Or didn't think they were going to benefit it if they tried. That there, nobody was going to buy it if they changed it. So they left it as it is and got what they could. This has to happen. This has to happen in a superhero. The costume is somewhat relevant, but you can overcome a bad costume. Um, nobody, nobody says looks at Superman's costume and says, "Boy, that was a really, really good design." It's a design we're familiar with, but what about it is spectac- spectacular? Why the cape? Uh, outside of the movement. Why the cape? Um, why the boots? Why not just shoes? Why all you know, all those things go into something? It's not a particularly great costume, but it's iconic. You got the history to help you. It's iconic. Think about that. What in your mind is a good superhero? What makes a superhero something I'm going to remember? What makes a superhero somebody I want to read more about? Um, I like reading about the Avengers because I like the the compilation of parts that make the stronger whole. I like knowing that I don't have to read about one particular character completely. It's how they interact together and the interaction and the conflict that they come together to create. That's what makes me interested. Um, But maybe you're a single 
single superhero book kind of person. What makes you want to read Spider-Man? What makes you want to read Batman, Superman, The Flash, you know, Green Lantern? See, to me, The Flash is boring because he can just run fast. They can do lots of things with that speed, but he can just run fast. Batman's more interesting because Batman has other skills. He has other things he can do. And yes, it gets cheesy after a while when you think about all the things he suddenly has the right tool for. I get that. But he's got more going for him. Whether it's the detective part or not, he's got more going for him. And that makes him more interesting. Maybe it's a dark and brooding to a point. We don't always know everything about him. You know, what's the, you got to leave a little mystery. That's the thing that makes, I think makes a good superhero. So let me recap all that because I've rambled a little bit. Good artwork, good story, uh, compelling reason to like or dislike this person, and some mystery. Leave me not knowing everything. Draw it out a little bit. Uh, Not for too long, but just a little bit. Make me come back and learn that when I walk out, like I did with Star Wars The Force Awakens, when I walk out with more questions, then I think you've got me hooked. You've answered something, and now you've given me something more. That makes it that makes it something I want to come back for over and over and over. And if you can just drag it out a little bit at a time and kind of make it compelling for a long period of time, I'm willing to go through the, the dry patches if I know there's a payoff at the end. And the payoff is the superhero action. The payoff isn't the I had to- toast and tea for breakfast. That's not the payoff. The payoff is the action at the end. That's what we love about superheroes, the action. No action. Not a superhero. Could be a hero, not a superhero. Okay? So check us out on Comic Book Tales, uh, at Comic Book Tales on Twitter, uh, HannahTreeProductions.com. You can check out Comic Book Tales and all the other podcasts on the network. And let us know what you think. Give me your thoughts. If you have a different definition of a superhero or you think something else that I missed makes a compelling superhero, please tell me. I'd love to hear that. All right? Thank you for joining us. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.